Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield, the podcast. This time is me going solo. This is Todd Fox. I'm going to get into the Texas Rangers series, which completely sucked for you and I as Angel fans because uh, the Angels went into Texas, in my opinion, way, way too overly confident about this uh, series. And I felt that, uh, you know, possibly the Angels uh, were overlooking the Rangers. And I think that that's what happened in this series. The Rangers and the Angels got together with Noah Syndergaard going in game one. You had the no-hitter king, the youngster at 21 years old, Reed Detmers going in game two. And then you had Shohei Otani in game three. What's, what, what's the worst that can happen, right? Like, there's no way that the Angels should lose three games to a Texas team that was coming into it at 14 and 19. The Angels were 24 and 13, 11 games over. We talked a lot about how division teams can bite you in the ass and they know you're, uh, what you're capable of. And even though they have bad records, they're not scared of you. And we talked about also that winning this division, having winning records against Oakland, Texas, and Seattle would get us into the postseason. Having a winning record against Houston would take us the division. I think we can handle ourselves on the central side and also the east side. We'll have to see when that happens, but I'm pretty sure the Angels can match up. Now, they, before this game, their ERA was uh, fourth in all of baseball including starting pitching and the bullpen. We haven't seen that in years, almost a damn decade. So with that being said, you had a really good opportunity to go in there and clean up against the Texas team that had five hitters batting below 200. They were the second worst base hitting baseball team in all of, uh, in all of baseball. They were, uh, only ahead of the Oakland Athletics. And we saw what the Angels did to the Oakland Athletics, despite that hiccup by Inglacius. So we figured the Angels would go in here and do a good job. It started out good. They scored three runs in the first inning, first inning before Thor even hit the mound. But Thor would surrender six runs, including four runs on his own. Two runs would come in because they would bring in a, a pitcher that just hung one as well. And, the, you know, Jaime Bieria, and he gave up a two-run single. That made it 6-3. to three. The Angels would rally with a run in the fourth and then give up one in the seventh and then have a bunch of guys on base but not be able to knock anybody in. The Angels took a 7-4 to four loss. Two-thirds of an inning was Noah Syndergaard's worst uh, outing, of uh, obviously, as an Angel. And Jaime Bierra did pitch four and a third, uh, allowing three hits, four strikeouts, one walk, no charged runs. Those two other runs came on an air. And we talked about this series, too. The Rangers make airs. If the Angels stay away from making airs, let the Rangers do Ranger things. It should be good news for the Angels, but that wasn't the case. The Angels had two airs. Rangers had none. And then guys like Cole Calhoun and uh, Hein, who had been pretty silent up into the series or like right before the series, they started to get hot, and they stayed hot against the Angels in this game and as well as the next two games we'll talk about. Mike Myers went two innings, allowed the one solo blast and three uh, strikeouts. Again, you're bringing in a guy who has lost his way. He doesn't know he needs. It's clear that Mike Myers needs a role, and he doesn't have one. Uh, Bear Claw came in, did a good job, a clean inning. So the Angels take the loss in that one. There was some questionable lineup issues here, but the Angels, again, not getting any production from Anthony Rendon in this game. Uh, Brandon Marsh was uh, very, you know, he's he hasn't had a good road trip up until this point in this game, one of the series of Texas. And uh, guys like Taylor Tyler Wade haven't been really hitting. Velasquez did his normal one for four. So that was game one. The Angels uh, take the loss, and they dropped to 24 and 14. The Rangers improved to 15 and 19. Now, game two featured Reed Detmers. Now, this game pissed me off. This game really pissed me off because it shows Joe Madden's inact, uh, just 
his his itch to want to be scratched to pull pitchers early and not trusting these young guys and not realizing that guys like Suarez, guys like um, Diaz and other pitchers that they're going to bring up, Silseth, even I think Silseth got himself deep into that game in Oakland because there was no way you're going to pull him the way he was pitching. And Detmers, it, nobody showed it on camera, but fans were saying that we're at that no-hitter. They had Ortega start the ninth inning in the bullpen. He was ready to go. He was ready to pull Detmers at the moment's notice. This guy, Madden, does not like letting guys finish games, and it was apparent in this one as well because – the Angels gave up a run early to Texas, but then uh, found three runs themselves in the third inning to to take a three to one lead. Now in the fourth inning, he ran into all kinds of problems and he gave up two runs. But at the moment, Reed Detmer's line was three and two thirds, three hits, three runs, two walks, four strikeouts, two walks. Okay, but you're at sixty pitches in the fourth inning. You're trying to complete the fourth inning. Now, how many times do we see Madden give guys like Cahill? Uh, you know, um, what's his name? Heaney, 90 pitches through the third inning. You know what I mean? These guys were throwing pitches upon pitches upon pitches, and he would leave them in there, trust that they can get out of jams. He does not do that with the, the young kids. And Detmers was puzzled and pissed off when Madden came to get him in three and two-thirds of an inning. He, he was literally pissed off, like, you have to let the kid pitch out of his problems, and they didn't do that. It's only three and two-thirds. Like I said, three runs on three hits. To me, I'd take that any day even in three and two-thirds because you're still in the ballgame. You're tied. You're not down three-nothing. You're not down six-nothing. It's right there. Let the kid freaking pitch. So he didn't do that. Ortega came in and allowed another uh, – what is it? Uh, uh, he didn't allow a run, but he got out of the jam. It was 3-3. Three, three. Ortega did a good job. Uh, Loop came in, and again, Loop comes in early in this game. Too early in this game. Loop never pitched under the seventh inning in any ball game last year with the Mets. Since he's come to the Angels, we've seen Loop as early as the fifth freaking inning. You need him to be the setup guy, and you'll see what happens with Tapera. Because Tapera in this game comes in with a lead, and this guy has shit the bed three times for us. Three times already this season. Now, he came in with a sparkling ERA because the other appearances that he's made, he's pitched great. But this is a third time where he just cannot seem to find the strike zone, gives up runs. I think Tapera is more well set up to be a seventh inning guy with a little less pressure. He could dominate. You put Loop at eighth, uh, eighth inning guy, which he's used to, and then you have Inglesias finish him off. So you go righty, lefty, righty. But just like Joe Madden's decision-making on the lineup and continuing to be stubborn as an 80-year-old woman by putting – Trout at two when he should be a three or four. He's a Hall of Famer. You didn't see Juan Gonzalez talking about the Texas Rangers ever hit number two. You always had guys like leading off for the Rangers, uh, you know, like a, a Shields or, or I forget the guy who was always their leadoff guy. And, but then you had you know, a good leadoff guy for the Rangers. You had a number two like a Rusty Greer or someone like that that got on base. And then you had your Ivan Rodriguez, your Juan Gonzalez, your Rafael Palmeiros. That's how lineups are built. That's how they're supposed to be. You just push those guys back a little bit and they get on base for you. You need table setters, and he doesn't believe in that. So just like the pitching in this one, there's no set you know, uh, role except for the eighth and ninth inning. And he refuses to bring in uh, a guy like, like Inglesias in this situation who had days off and they didn't go to him. So when he ran into problems, who did he call on when uh, Tapera knocked in the tying run? Instead of going to Inglesias, he went to Cesar Valdez, a guy they just recalled. They just recalled him. And he would allow a hit 
and two RBIs, uh, also by a misplay by Marsh, which uh, allowed a inside-the-park home run. But the bullpen buttercup this one because in no innings pitch or no, uh, you know, as far as getting an out, Tapera gave up three hits, five earned runs, two walks. After Bearclaw had a three strikeouts the inning before, Aaron Loop had a uh, one one hit allowed and two strikeouts the inning before that. So the Angels blew this game. It went from a five or a four three lead in the seventh inning to giving up a seven spot in the eighth and then only scoring one in the ninth, losing ten to five. They had two errors again back to back nights. The Angels left seventeen men on base in this game, dropping the second one. So they fall under ten games over five hundred to nine games over. At 24 and 15, where Texas gets back in the race at 16 and 19. So that would move us on to game three in the series. Game three would feature the the uh, Shohei Otani uh, versus the Rangers' Dane Dunning, who is probably one of their best pitchers. Dane Dunning went six innings, uh, allowed two runs on three hits, three walks, so, however, and six strikeouts. The bullpen really was the story in this game. Texas bullpen outshined the Angels again. The Angels' bullpen was, uh, or Shohei Otani actually pitched good again like he did against the Rays to get the victory, but Joe Madden hampered him with a shitty lineup. And in this game, it was somewhat the same. The Angels did not do right. No situational hitting. The Angels did not adjust and do in-game adjustments. It's been frustrating because you can tell when this team wants to win and when they've had in-game adjustments because they changed their approach midway through the game. You could see better at bats. You can see more patient at bats. But there's games like this where they're just hacking, 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 and nothing gets uh, nothing gets done. And instead, all their runs came on home runs. There was no generated runs. For the second straight night in a row, the Angels left 17 men on base, which is a total of 34 in two games. Shohei Otani's pitching stats for, for the Angels were six innings pitched, six hits on 92 pitches thrown, two earned runs, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Mike Myers would come in and allow another run in an inning. He gave up two hits and two strikeouts. Jimmy Herget would allow a home run. Now, again, Herget should have came in in the seventh inning. Why Mike Myers was added in the seventh inning, I don't know. Uh, Jose Suarez came in the eighth inning, two-thirds. He left with the bases loaded before Iglesias could get the out to finish that inning to send it to extras. The Rangers almost won in the ninth inning because they refused to put guys in usual roles. You just took a, a starter in Suarez and now throw him in his first appearance back on the Angels ball club as a ninth inning guy to try to keep a game tied. That is not how you do things. That is not how you do things. I can guarantee you can guarantee you that Matt Wise would have objected to that. If it was if it was his decision to go to a certain pitcher in that spot, he would have went to anybody else except Suarez. Suarez is a long as a long reliever and and if the, at best and a starter, a start a spot starter who has started most of the season. He's not equipped to come out of the bullpen in a tie ball game. You don't bring guys out like this in a tie ball game. You don't bring him out in high-pressure situations. A guy like Mike Myers, who's been struggling. I can see Herget because Herget's pitched good recently up until that home run. I, I'm not going to fault Herget for the home run, but I'm going to take heat for, or I'm going to tell Madden to take heat for the, the Mike Myers decision and the Jose Suarez situation. Now, Iglesias would bail them out, but he would give up a solo or uh, uh, immediately a two-run blast in the ninth inning or in the tenth inning with that stupid rule, the runner at second, and the Angels lose. Now, as far as the Angels are concerned, they had a yet like the five billionth home solo blast by Mike Trout. Seems like he never hits one with guys on because no one's on in front of him and he's batting second. He needs to be batting down in the lineup, not up. <sighs> so then the Angels get another solo blast by Walsh and it's two to one. 
uh, the Rangers would kick back those uh, three runs, like I said, and the Angels actually get a clutch rally monkey moment when down four to two against the closer, Walsh goes oppo and hits his second home run of the game. So again, all four runs on seven hits or five runs on seven hits were all generated by home or four runs at that point were generated by home runs. The Angels would take the lead in the 10th inning uh, 5-4 only because an error that was ruled a hit um, by Mike Trout left first and second. Now, the rule the rule as a road team in Major League Baseball with a rule in extra innings with a guy in second is to take advantage and score more than one run. One run in those extra inning games is not safe by any means. You've got to score two because the home team is usually guaranteed that one run unless you're the Angels. The Angels were 4-10 and ten last year in extra inning games, and it shows because Madden doesn't bunt guys over in one run leads to take the advantage to get that guy over right away, and he sure as hell doesn't have these guys hitting for sacrifices and scoring runs and starting rallies. They just don't. They swung for the fences. In this game, they accidentally got the run by that almost by the fielder's choice unquote unquote it was called and and Mike Trout was a, uh, accredited on RBI and a hit so he got lucky stat wise and so did the angels they were up 5 to 4 at this point and with first and second nobody out the ideal thing now now here's where the pride comes in and the me first attitude is either with these power hitters or the manager letting these guys free swing instead of telling them to adjust to the situation. The situation would have called for Shohei Otani in that 10th inning was runners on first and second to drop one down. To to take a, a slice of humble pie and use that gazelle-like speed like Roger Lodge always says. And drop one down and try to beat it out. And even if he doesn't beat it out, it's cool. You got second and third. And what do the Rangers do at this point? They walk Rendon. Then you have Walsh with the bases loaded, and all Walsh needs to do is hit one to the outfield and score a run. Now, granted, that's risky because Walsh has pulled into a lot of double plays and grounded out a lot. But you still have one of your best hitters up right there, and then you got Marsh right behind him. So you're looking good if you play the percentages. The Angels don't do that. And they allow Otani to go up there free swinging, spinning his hat around, and he strikes out which then first pitch swinging, Rendon pops out, which then four pitches later, Walsh strikes out. So you ruin an opportunity to get a couple insurance runs. And why is that big if they didn't get at least one more run in that inning? Because just a pitch or two later, Iglesias serves up a walk-off two-run home run, his second blown save in this road trip. And he now and the Angels would lose the road trip three out of four, and the first time the Angels were swept this season. So the Angels would fall to 24-16, and 16, which they currently are, eight games above 500, and the Rangers creep back in to third as they jump the Seattle Mariners, who have been scuffling, and now the Rangers are 17-19, and 19, five games back of the Angels. Cole Calhoun had a big home run early in this game, too, to, to add insult to injury, his second home run of the series. So that's enough of the Rangers. And again, this is an abbreviated show. Let's get into the Oakland series and who pitches for the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's will throw Blackburn, who's 4-0 tonight. And, and uh, he will be opposed by the Angels' uh, rookie, Silseth, which hopes to come somewhere close to what he did up in Oakland in Game 1. I doubt it because it's the second time around against the same opponent. 
I would have liked to see him face the Texas Rangers, but we're going to see what he does against Oakland in his second start. Now, again, he was only supposed to start one game, but because of his dominance, he earned himself a second start. Then in game two, which is Saturday, will be Mike Lorenzen for the Angels, and he'll be a faced, he'll be a faced, he'll be opposed by Frankie Montez. Again, a guy fresh off striking out 13 of Angels up in Oakland. And then you have uh, Zilog finishing out on Sunday versus Sandoval. I like Sandoval to get that win. I'm picking the Angels to sweep the Oakland A's. I'm going with the opposite of what they did. And these are going to be hard-fought games, though. I would say two out of three to be safe, but I'm calling a sweep. I don't care if people got pissed off. I think Silseth struggles a little bit in this game, but so does the starting pitcher Blackburn for the A's. I don't think he comes off as dusted and as easy as he thinks. It's different at Angel Stadium. I think these are going to be low-scoring games for the most part, but the Angels will eke it out in all three and take the series like they should have did in Oakland. Montaz is going to be a pain in the ass, but I think once they get past him, it's all good for game three in Sandoval. And if they do accomplish this, we get back to the position of being 11 games over. So I am calling for a sweep. That might be my halo honk, but uh, I'm going to go for that. I do think the Angels do a good job in this series. Looking ahead after the Oakland uh, A's series, the Texas Rangers will return. Me and uh, Fernando will, will do that update on Sunday, and uh, we may have a guest and we may not, and we'll talk about the Texas series and recap this Oakland one to see if I was correct or not. So with that being said, everyone out there, Halo family, this is a late produced show. We had a lot going on. I was not able to get to things earlier. Fernando's traveling in New York right now. So we'll be back on the regular schedule starting Sunday. And then when we do this episode on an off day or Wednesday, we'll have it out for you Thursday or Friday like we normally do. So thank you for hanging in there. Like and subscribe. Tell other Angel fans. Give this podcast and others a five-star rating for us. It really helps us move up. Like and subscribe to the Instagram page. Big things are coming. Or remember, we have Trucker Hat Trivia on the Sunday post or the uh, Sunday post game show that I produce. And then check out uh, all our podcasts with every the hardworking team that we have here. We have a new podcast called Bases Loading that's going to be coming next week. So be on the content. Uh, be on the content. Be on the lookout for a lot of content coming up soon. So for Todd Fox and everyone else on the Halos in the infield, go Angels.